Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is August 30th, 2023. We continue our series, Words for Life, and today's word is, listen up. So have we accepted the responsibility that accompanies this life? Do we really understand God's transforming power? And I guess the real question of today is, if someone confesses an identity that is not real or true, what are they called by others? That question there, to give that answer, I think I need to give you a couple of an examples. If we meet someone and they say they're a Christian, but they go out, they get drunk, they party, they're sexually immoral, they're sleeping around, you can't tell the difference between them and every other non-Christian on the planet, what would you call that person? Well, the world would call them a hypocrite for saying one thing and living another way. I think we live in a world today where there are people that are making confessions about their identities, which are not true. They're not based in reality. And under that same spirit of judgment, they are hypocrites because it's not the truth. It's not real. That's not reality. In other words, that confession is a lie, a deception, it's an untruth. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what I call false confessions. Because our culture is making it extremely easy to say one thing and then do another. And that's not what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God is about freedom and truth. The truth will set you free. And as long as we run from the truth, we continue into bondage and slavery. And that's not something that the Lord wants. So going back to the question about have we accepted the responsibilities that accompany this life, uh, we have a responsibility to live out our identity in Christ. So understanding that our belief and confession, they play key roles with each other. Now we're going to look at our scriptures for today from the lectionary reading, Matthew chapter 16, verses 
13 through 20. It reads, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? The Son of Man. So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he is the Christ. So, I guess the point of this passage is, who do you say he is? Or as Jesus said, who do you say that I am? It's not what others think. See, notice that when he asks them, who do men say that I am, Jesus is really wanting their opinion. He wants them to say, well, we think you're this. But they don't. They immediately go to, well, some say you're like John the Baptist, you're Elijah, you're a prophet, you're Jeremiah, you're all these things. And as believers, that's the temptation is that we want to, we want to know what the world thinks. We want to look good in the world's eyes. I think even with churches, you know, historically the Pentecostal church, and this is the the general Pentecostals, multiple denominations, but the Pentecostal church has always felt like they're inferior to the more mainline churches because the mainline churches uh, have always believed that those Pentecostals are ignorant and... That's why they speak in in tongues, and they've sort of been mocked by mainline. And so the Pentecostal churches, especially here in the United States, have always attempted to try and fit in with mainline churches who have no desire to be with them. Now, the funny thing about it is, is that the Pentecostal and charismatic theological churches of the day are the fastest growing Christian or part of Christianity growing today in the world. If it wasn't for Pentecostals and Charismatics, the Church of Jesus actually has a negative growth rate. But with Pentecostals and Charismatics, it is the fastest growing religion in the world. It overtakes Islam. It it overtakes all the other religions. It, It is growing that quickly. It is the portion of Christianity that is spirit filled that believes the Holy Spirit is alive and moves today. Now, I know there are some groups that say, well, the Holy Spirit's alive. He just doesn't do these things. But from a charismatic Pentecostal perspective, you might as well just be saying God is dead. If he can't move, then what is he doing? And so for the fastest growing that's seen more people converted, more miracles, growing leaps and bounds, especially in heavily persecuted areas. And yet for some reason, there are so many of those people here in the United States, they're worried about what others think. 
because they want to fit in. Listen, Jesus is asking you and me, who do you say that I am? It's not what others think. And you see, he's given us a key to the kingdom here. The same way he gave out a key to the kingdom to Peter. He didn't tell Simon he's going to call him Peter because of just whatever. He's doing this because of the confession that Peter made. The Spirit of God revealed it to Peter. Peter confessed that. He acted out upon that confession. And because of that, Jesus says, well, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. And you see, it's the same for you and I. We receive the keys to the kingdom. Like all the parables, I've taught many parables over the last year or so. I'm not going to rehash that here. They're, they're keys to mysteries of the heavenly kingdom. Um, but it, we need to know, understand, and believe and confess these things that confession. And of course it gets into the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in, in excuse me. I'm so tongue tied here. Um, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. This is a, a portion of authority. I'm not going to teach an authority today, but it's all based upon what? That confession, the confession that, that Peter rose up and said, and notice that his confession transformed him see he was simon bar jonah and bar jonah just means son of jonah so peter's father's name was jonah that's not the jonah with the fish story not going there but he was simon son of jonah bar jonah and because he made this confession his confession changed him transformation happened and and jesus said no no you're no longer simon you're peter when abraham made the confession or excuse me, Abram made the right confession. God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. When Jacob reached a point with the Lord, his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. God has a way of changing our names because he's transforming us. It's just a, a thing of transformation. So, when we talk about spiritual authority, what, what's your confession like? What's your confession like? So let's look at the truth about confession and identity. And let's listen up. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 51, verses 1 through 6. It reads, Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the roll of the pit from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah who bore you, for I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord will comfort Zion, he will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Listen to me, my people, and give ear to me, O my nation." For law will proceed from me, and I will make my justice rest as a light of the peoples. My righteousness is near, my salvation has gone forth, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands will wait upon me, and my arm they will trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look on the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish away like smoke, the earth will grow old like a garment, and those who dwell in it will die in like manner." 
but my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not be abolished. So listen up. That's what this passage begins with. Listen to me. It'd be real easy for me to want to just go verse by verse and teach this passage. That's not the purpose of this message or podcast. But let me break down this portion here. He sort of breaks it down into segments. He, he, he's given us these keys. You want to know the, the keys about our confession, our identity? Well, listen up. He says, listen to me. And he, he breaks it down that we need to, to seek the Lord. Notice as you who follow after righteousness, who seek the Lord, look to the rock. And then he begins to look to Abraham, you know, and he begins a, a historical rendering of examples, almost like a Hebrews 11, the heroes of the faith, you know, look Look at Abraham. Look at Sarah. Look what I've done here. Uh, I'm comforting waste places. Look, look, look in the wilderness like, like Eden. And he, he's going through history of what he has done, God has done. And he's telling us to listen to him, to follow him. Then we get into this point about bless him. What do you mean, bless him? He's saying, listen to me, my people, give ear. You know, um, the law will proceed from me. You know, I will make my justice, my righteousness is near, my salvation is near, my arms will, excuse me, my arms will judge the peoples. You see, there's this point where we look to him and there's this blessing. And when I say blessing is we we bless God when we put our faith to him, when we see and we remember what he's done, when we're thankful for what he's done when we acknowledge him that is a that that blesses him and then he's the one that goes forth it's his righteousness his salvation his arm that does the work and again it gets back to this point about listen up everything was going to vanish and die, except for, he says, my salvation will be forever. My righteousness will not be abolished. Everything, everything is going to vanish except the righteousness and salvation of God. And of course, Jesus is the righteousness of God. And what Jesus has done, what the right arm of God, this is what Jesus has done. He's wrought salvation for you and I. This will never go away. The day I, I received Jesus, I was saved. But right now, I'm in a process of being saved because I'm not perfect. I'm in a process. I mean, I was saved. I'm in a process of, of being saved. And the day I stand before God, I am saved. I will be saved. It's sort of a threefold, like a Trinity, Trinitarian type of salvation. But in the ages to come, when we are there and this life is over and, and, and the next life has begun, so to speak, the angels in heaven and all creation for ages to come are going to remember that the salvation of Jesus that is upon us cannot be taken away. It will be there forever. It will be remembered forever. So we need to listen up to this. 
Now, the last scripture I want us to read is in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use our ministering. He who teaches and teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, and he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who sows mercy with cheerfulness. Again, listen up. It says, I beseech you. That beseech you, he's, it's, it's up. I'm begging you, please listen to what I'm trying to tell you. He even says, by the mercies of God. I, I mean, this is such an emotional appeal to us as believers to listen to what he has to say. There's an urgency to this. There's an urgency. Brothers and sisters in Christ, do you understand the urgency of the hour in which we are living in now? Do you understand the urgency? And because of this, what is he's trying to tell us? Well, this is very much a confession identity message here. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Listen, this is our identity. This is salvation here. How do we live out this salvation. Jesus died on the cross. And I, I, I believe in that, so I'm saved. But I'm also in a process of being saved because my sins may be forgiven, but you know, every day I can I can still sin. I can still do something bad. I'm not perfect. I should not think more highly of myself. See, some of us as Christians, we think, well, because I'm saved, I can do no wrong. And that's usually when we're out doing something wrong. We think too highly of ourselves. We need to be living out this salvation. Well, how do I do that? We present our bodies as a living sacrifice. We present ourselves. You know, when you when you go before a king in, in the uh, in the old days, it's ancient days, in the the days of the Old Testament, thousands of years ago, when a king or ruler took possession of a place. He would have the people come and present themselves to him. And when they presented themselves, it wasn't just that you show up and he looks at you and he goes, okay, yeah, I know who you are. That's not what it was. That presentation is when you go in and you give yourself, it's like a loyalty oath. You present yourself to him that he now owns you. He now has authority over you. If you did not present yourself, then you were not accepting his authority you were not going to do that, and, and you definitely were going to swear loyalty to him. And so the king knew that you were an enemy. So we need to present ourselves to him where he is now our Lord, our master. He is the boss. And 
we become living sacrifices. In other words, life becomes a sacrifice. It's no longer what I want. It's not anymore what I desire. That is gone. Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross for me. So now I present myself and now the life I live in this body is now a sacrifice. In other words, my desires must go on a cross and the life I live must be what Jesus would have me live. What would Jesus want me to do? What is he calling me to do? How would the Lord want me to live my life? How should I say things? What should I study? How should I treat other people? It's now what what is God's will, not what is my will. Yes, that's called a sacrifice because it's not what I want to do. What I want to do is live in darkness and sin and and, and, and party it up. But I, I've come to him, I've received salvation, so now I'm a living sacrifice. I, I give away all that fleshly desire and I choose to live by the Spirit. The Spirit of God will now lead me into the life that I am to live. It goes on to says, do not be conformed to the ways of this world. And that gets back to what does the world think? How does the world think you should live? Right now, the world doesn't believe in truth. It wants to say whatever you feel like doing, you should be free to do. That's what the world believes. And God says, don't conform to that. We need to conform to what God wants. And so our minds must be transformed the same way our spirits are supernaturally transformed. Our minds must be. We must now, it's like Simon becoming Peter. You and I must become who God has called us to be. And that's why we need to renew our mind. When we get in the word of God and we read the word of God, it helps to transform our mind by his power. So that we can now live out this life because our mind wants to conform. We want to know what others think. We know what the world thinks. We want to be like the world. And the funny thing is there's so many people in the world, they, they want to be a rebel. They want to act like they're different, but they're just conforming to everything else in the world. They're not a rebel. They're a conformer. By being the rebel, they think they are. They're just conforming with everyone else. They want to be a rebel, then they need to bow their knee to the Lord because he will make them be something different to the world. That's, that's real rebellion to the, the world is to walk with the Lord. But he transforms you. And so it's not what we think, but what, what is it that the Lord is thinking? So suddenly our only standard in being measured is by Christ. And therefore... That's our new identity. Who am I in Christ? It goes on to talk about now we're part of his body. It's no longer just about me. It's no longer when I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. I'm, I'm part of a body. I'm part of something larger than myself. And I'm not less important or more important. In the body, we are all equally important and we all have been called to use the gifts that God has bestowed upon us to impact this world to impact other people's lives believe it or not as we impact other people's lives it impacts our lives nothing is more transforming than God using you to, to help transform someone else 
And then when you see that happen, it, man, let me tell you, it, it's something you sit back and go, wow, God really used me. God did something through me. God, God did something miraculous. And, and it's, it's something that you ponder and you meditate on because it's transforming you and you realize it's how much larger everything is. So with that, I want to encourage you today. Seek out this identity with the Lord. Listen up to the Word of God. Listen to the Spirit of God. If you don't have a, a, a daily time of reading your Bible, I encourage you, find find a Bible. Get a hold of a Bible. Make some time. Even if it's just five minutes a day, make some time. Do you realize that if you only read the Bible 20 minutes a day, just 20 minutes, you can read through the whole Bible in a year. It only takes 20, maybe 30 minutes if you're a slower reader to read through the whole Bible in a year. I encourage you to do that. Let the Lord transform you and become part of his kingdom and what he's doing. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today, God. I thank you that your word says you've given everyone a measure of faith. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that they would stir up that faith, God. That they would begin to seek you, to listen to you and your word, God. And that they would be transformed by your power. That they wouldn't live as a hypocrites, God, of, the, of this world who are conformed to this world, God, but who instead, God, let them be transformed by the power of your word, God, that they will make a difference in the kingdom, God, through your spirit. And God, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast and this message today. You can hear other messages and other teachings. You can check them out on our website at www.christianimpact.com. Dot net. Feel, feel free to drop us a line, contact us. I know we've had lots of people try to contact us recently. Uh, we are very busy out in the field. We are our missionary ministry, um, but we will get back to you as quickly as we can. And until next time, God bless. Oh.